Okay, so hello again, and thank you so much for being with me here this evening. I'm really delighted to have this opportunity to spend most of this weekend exploring the four Brahmavihara practices of kindness, compassion, appreciative joy and equanimity with a whole new community. So I haven't met most of you yet. So my name is Jill Shepherd, and right now, as I mentioned, I'm based in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And that's after spending the last eight years actually being without a home base and just traveling constantly wherever I was invited to teach. And mostly that was in the US, uh, Australia and New Zealand, and occasionally the UK and Europe as well. And before that extended period of homelessness, or as I prefer to call it, homefulness, because I actually had a lot of different homes. Before that time, I worked at the Insight Meditation Society in Barry, Massachusetts, which I think many of you probably know of. It's the big retreat center, perhaps in some ways one of the motherships of this Insight tradition that we're part of. And so I was on staff at the Insight Meditation Society for seven years. And it was really during that time that I learned to appreciate the power of these four Brahmaviharas that we're going to be diving into this weekend. So before that time, I'd say that I was a pretty hardcore meta-skeptic. And that's actually a polite way of saying that in the beginning I actually loathed meta-practice for quite a while. And I just mentioned that in case any of you might be in a similar position But it was really while I was living at IMS that I started to volunteer in a nearby prison. And I led a meditation group there with some friends every Sunday for four years. And it was that experience of going into the prison setting every week that showed me just how powerful these Brahma-Vihara practices can be. So, not surprisingly, all of the men in that group had some pretty big challenges in their lives and certainly in their prison life. But for many of them, these Brahmavihara practices were incredibly transformative. And after seeing the profound changes that some of those men went through, it inspired my own metta practice. Because I thought to myself, if those guys in that setting can manage to cultivate kindness in the prison situation, then I've got no excuse for not being able to do it here in my own relatively fortunate circumstances. So I started to put a bit more effort into my Brahma-Vihara practice, and I quickly saw the benefits for myself and for the others around me. And that's what inspired me to want to offer more Brahma-Vihara retreats around the world. And perhaps especially at this time, when so many of us are struggling with multiple challenges simultaneously. The pandemic, of course, the racism, the social injustice that it's highlighting, on top of the environmental crisis and climate change, and that's all on top of whatever personal, individual, family, community challenges any of you might be facing right now. So I'll be touching into some of that later, But before we begin, just to say a little bit about this online retreat format. 
These days, probably most of you are used to using technology like this. But I just want to have this first session be an opportunity for us to get used to being together online. So even if you are used to technology, perhaps for some of you, this is a new and different type of retreat where we're bringing our meditation practice very directly into the middle of our everyday lives. And so I want to acknowledge straight away that every one of us, including me, we're doing this retreat in very different circumstances. Some of you might be living with family, with children, with parents, with elders, maybe with roommates. Some of you might be living alone. Some of you might have to work, or you might have other commitments that you need to take care of. And others of you might have been able to clear space for the whole weekend. So my intention is to make space for whatever your current situation is, but as best you can to attend the three teaching sessions every day. And then outside of those three sessions, to just do whatever meditation and daily life practice that you can, because, as I'm sure you know, all of it is practice. And this is a great gift of bringing the retreat right into your living room, or your bedroom, or your home office, or your van, wherever it happens to be, everything we do, every moment of the day, is an opportunity to strengthen mindfulness, wisdom, compassion. So nothing needs to be left out or thought of as a distraction to the, quote, real practice. Having said that, it's also skillful to protect your seclusion and your non-distractedness as much as you can. So if you do want to make the most of this retreat, it's a good idea to make a commitment to only using your technology for retreat-related use. So definitely try to stay away from social media, from online games, even the news, just to give yourself a break for this weekend. And I just want to acknowledge for some people that can be quite challenging. In fact, these days, some teachers refer to what they call electronic intoxicants, just to highlight how compulsive our relationship with our devices can be. So you might want to experiment with just seeing if you can make a commitment to refrain from using electronic intoxicants during this weekend. So what I'm trying to invite here is to find a balance between not getting too rigid on one hand, so not pushing ourselves to try to meditate 12 hours a day, but also not being too loose, not just going with the flow to such an extent that we're not really making the most of this actually precious opportunity to be together, to strengthen our resilience and our open the heart and to deepen our wisdom and compassion. So I'm just trying to say up front that you're invited to do what you can, without guilt, without pressure, without expectations. In other words, with this basic orientation to kindness. And as I often like to say, towards exploring and enjoying. So I often offer those two words as a kind of framing for our whole approach to this retreat. So rather than fretting about getting things right or trying to succeed or achieve or be perfect, just give yourself time and space to explore 
and enjoy and to allow these beautiful heart qualities to emerge naturally as and when they're ready. So in support of that, I've set up the structure of the retreat so that hopefully there's enough of a framework to provide some coherence, some continuity, and enough interactive practice that you might feel some sense of connection to your co-meditators. And then within that, there's also enough flexibility that you can do as much formal meditation practice as your circumstances allow. So in terms of those three teaching sessions, at 9.30 in the morning, I'll be offering some practice instructions and at least one guided meditation, possibly some relational practice. And then at 1.30 in the afternoon, there'll be more instructions on the practice of the day, followed by some optional relational meditation. And that basically means meditating together in pairs or in threes in quite a structured way. So we'll be practicing mindful speaking, mindful listening. And in that session, we'll be pretty broadly following the guidelines of insight dialogue. And we'll be using the breakout rooms in Zoom, which I think most of you are familiar with. So that's just a snapshot, and I will guide you through that whole process when the time comes. And just to remember, I did put this on the Zoom etiquette sheet. It will be really helpful if you're living with a partner or coming from the same space, if you could have your own devices. Because when we come to do the relational practice, you'll need to be on a separate device. So if you have a phone or an iPad or something, in addition to your computer, it would be helpful to call in from that. So then at 7 p.m. in the evening, I'll offer a bit of a Dharma talk, and then after that we'll have time for questions and reflections. So those are the main formal teaching sessions. And in between them, there is this suggested schedule or schedule that you've all seen. And that schedule, just like in a regular retreat, alternates between sitting and walking meditation. So there are some designated group sittings. These are optional, but they're just an opportunity to come together as a community and to offer each other our silent moral support. And there'll be a practice leader who will ring a bell at the end of those 30-minute sessions. And they'll happen in this same Zoom room. So the intention with this Zoom room is that we think of it as being like our meditation hall. And we'll keep it open from 7.30 in the morning till 9.30 at night. So whenever you feel inspired, you can come into the hall and sit there, just like you would in the meditation hall of an in-person retreat. So in that same spirit, if we think of this as our meditation hall, the invitation is to not bring tea and coffee into the space, not be eating in the space, not bring your pets into the space, just as you probably wouldn't do that in a regular meditation hall. So we're trying to keep some degree of stillness and an energy that's suitable for meditation. And then as uh, Irene mentioned, we're using RegFox as a way to give you the retreat information. So I'll be trying to post the recordings of the talks on that uh, website after about an hour after each session. So please keep an eye on that web page. I may also post extra information. For example, um, sample phrases for the Brahma Vihara practices and that kind of thing. 
Okay, so are there any questions about practicalities before we move on?